here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution. And we are smack in the middle of the holiday season, just got through Thanksgiving, and it's time for... Uh, the Highlight Reel Special, which I'm going to be doing all through the month of December. There's so many great shows that you guys have never heard. Uh, going back like the last four years, there's hundreds of shows. And I wanted to feature some of the outstanding artists who have been on this show. And uh, before we get into it, if you're digging the Dharmic Evolution, please subscribe to the show. So when the show comes out, it'll go right to your phone. And if you like uh, Spotify or Pandora or Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Stitcher Radio or any of them, um, you can just go to dharmicevolution.com and just click on whatever platform you really love to get your shows on and subscribe right there because they're all listed right there for you. And so this gentleman, he was born in Goa. Uh, he's Portuguese. So he makes home in three different countries, Goa, Portugal, and the UK. And I was really delighted to uh, meet this young man uh, just about a year ago. He was on the show. And the reason I wanted to highlight his work, not only his music is fantastic, and he's a really, really awesome performer and singer and songwriter, but he has tremendous work ethic. And what I try to convey on this show often is there's tons of people around with talent, but the ones who are separated out, um, who kind of the old, you know, the old adage, the cream rises to the top. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because of the work ethic and your strategy and your strategic approach to your craft and your art. So let's listen in to Oliver and find out what he does that makes him so unique and uh, so I think you're going to enjoy this. He's not only a really awesome performer, singer-songwriter, as I said, but he's also a hell of a nice person. So I think you're really going to enjoy that. So let's strap up our seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution with Oliver Sean. Let's pick it up with Oliver. Welcome, Oliver, to the Dharmic Evolution, man. It's so good to have you on board today. Thank you, James. Thank you for having me on the show. You know, I just, it, it just, when I saw you and, um, and I connected with your music, I was so delighted because I haven't had a London artist on in, in a while. And I started this show about three years ago and I okay. immediately decided I didn't want to be just in the States. I wanted to be around the world. And we've had, we're in 71 countries and we've had artists literally all over the world on this show. And it's just yeah. always a delight to be in London and see what is going on over there, man. So let's start off with um i noticed that you um you're a world traveler man so um where did home begin for you are you portuguese by by birth yes i'm portuguese but i grew up in goa and dubai you know my mom traveled a lot and uh, i obviously had to travel with her <laughs> right and i was uh, i was put in a boarding school so i was i was in a boarding school for several years while my mom worked she was a single mom you know so um yeah she did the best she could for me and uh I am what I am because of her, you know, and, and thankfully I'm, I'm a world artist, not yeah. in terms of genre, 
but in terms of literally the sense world, you know. Right. Well, that that's the thing I picked up in your music is, um, you know, I'm a sucker for the eclectic, and and I, you know, I love the world of pop and rock, and I grew up, you know, with the the the, the power bands of of London. I was a big English rock freak, you know, when I was growing up. So when oh, yeah. I hear the influences that you have, you got a little bit of everything going on, and your music is very very energetic. And um, not just interesting, but it makes you want to just jump up and be alive, man. When I when I hear your stuff come on, it's just really <laughs> awesome, you know. So tell oh, us tell us about some of your influences, like growing up, that you had this, you know, world eclectic going on, man. You just be, must have been soaking yeah. it up, huh? Yeah, I was soaking up, you know, all these different influences, like the the, the Indian Eastern influence from tablas and sitars and everything, but. Primarily, I was always into Police and Eric Clapton and B.B. King. I was a blues guy, you know. I was always right. into mainstream, not mainstream, but let's say rock. Okay? Right. The hair bands and all of that. I was not into metal, but 80s rock, 90s rock. I was into that stuff. But I always wanted to kind of incorporate everything else that was around me, you know. So my first single that actually made it onto radio and and actually got nominated for Best International Album of the Year was a, a song called I Like It from the album called I Like It. Right. And that was just a, kind of like an acoustic rock song. And then all of a sudden in the middle, you're going to hear these, this, this fusion jam with the tabla, you know. Right, right. Like but it has nothing to do with that Eastern sound in terms of uh, the way they play it. Right. I kind of took it in and I made it more rock and roll. Yeah. You know? So you're so, not afraid. So I made those, I made those tablas sound like percussions from from say Brazil or something like that. Yeah. And it just worked. I loved it. You know. Yeah, you're not afraid to experiment, which which I love. You know, because you never know what you're going to get. You know, which is kind of yeah, absolutely. You know, the mystery in, is in the magic. Yeah. You know, or the magic is in the mystery. I guess. So True. so you started as a young man. You were like a you were kind of like a teen rock star, man. So uh, so it must have been really fun. You know, you're beating the ladies back and yeah, yeah, come on, let me do my craft here. You know, so so growing up, like where did you have like you said, you know, you explained where where you grew up, but like where did you first start to like feel like you had a um kind of a home base as a musician yep. was it in london or was it no it, was it, it started in goa oh it, okay to be so fair, it, yeah to be fair i got my first break in london oh okay you know? right it's funny even though i grew up there and everything and i was doing this cover band scene and i was i was in the newspapers locally where i was living you know in goa which is a portuguese colony right it used to be a portuguese colony it was great i had a lot of friends and fans but my original music really kicked off in London because I said, I'm going to go on tour, you know, right. just pack my bag, got on the plane with my guitar. And I was in London just going around doing gigs at local clubs and pubs, you know, not open mics, but literally being invited to these places to play because I wrote to them. Right. And they liked my stuff. And then I got invited to Sky TV and they put me on this showcase TV thing. And I was like, 19 years old yeah and they put me on tv and uh, i did my my original songs and they loved it you know and from there uh, we took that recording which was on sky and then i got on mtv as a vj lots of different things going on <laughs> yeah so you so, were living the dream I, real early i was living the dream i, I was i was working towards my dream yeah know? in the end i just wanted to make my music 
and uh, I applied for this for, for this MTV VJ thing that was going on. And I always had a had a had a very mar- marketing sort of a mind because I was I was doing my MBA, <laughs> you know. Right. I was studying I was studying business management, and I said, "What's the best way for me to to promote my music?" And uh, I did it as a DIY indie artist right then when that was just kind of blossoming, you know, yeah. the independent scene. And I kind of was was one of the, the first independent artists in that region really pushing that kind of, um, you know, direction for my music. <laughs> right. And it kind of worked. And MTV really liked my stuff, and they took this live recording, made a music video out of it. Next thing I know, I'm on MTV. <laughs> yeah, it's just that easy. We got to we gotta put that in a bottle. Meanwhile, I think it's... That, ain't, to... that ain't easy at no, all. No, no, it no, isn't. No, we're going to we're gonna circle back that, but I want to just invite everybody to take a little inhale of Come For Me. Here we go. Keep on coming, coming me. 
beautiful. So <laughs> great song, man. Just love, I love your voice. Who did you pattern your style after? I mean, you've got a unique sound, but you mentioned some some bands earlier. Um, but yes. can you tell me like favorite singers that you like kind of admired and, and kind of gravitated towards their style um, growing up? Um, yeah, growing up, I'd say I gravitated towards um, the, the the guys who were my, my idols, like Brian Adams, yeah. Bon Jovi. And Rod Stewart and Sting, you know, my voice kind of kind of suited those kinds of songs. Yeah. So when I was doing my cover songs in my cover band, uh, which was what every I think every artist should be, be in a cover band for a while. I agree. Kind of, yeah. To kind of really hone in on your skills, you know, it really yeah. worked for me. And uh, I wouldn't say I copy these singers or anything. I've never tried to copy anybody. Right. But unless when it comes to guitar, of course, I try. Every blues guitar player is trying to copy another blues guitar player. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> the gods of blues. But when it came to singing and my style of writing or music, I never really focused on what I'm trying to copy or trying to do like somebody else. It just came out. Whatever I was doing was right. just there. Yeah. It's kind but of obviously, like. Obviously, the influences were there, you know, subconsciously. Yeah. They're yeah. always there. Like yeah. what you said about. Um, you know, you're not trying. I don't think any of us, as as original artists, we don't. Yeah. We we want to be ourselves. Let's face it. Everybody wants to put right. their own fingerprints, whether it's your vo vocals or guitar yeah. playing or both. Um, in your case, um, but but I think what you said is true. You have to go to school, and go to, going to school for this is yeah. about doing covers and listening to everything that's around you, oh, and yeah. and like just capturing the pieces that are like your hardware or software to put into your world, you know? And yeah. let's face it, we all borrow, like nobody, God invented the scale, not us. I, I We didn't invent the chord, <laughs> right? But everybody gets to Absolutely. use it. <laughs> so yeah. so tell me tell me about some of your um, experiences in the studio. And, and by the way, Come For Me, great song. Can you just take us yeah. in the studio on that one? Like what was the experience okay. going on? Going no, on? that's... Uh, when I was on tour uh, last year, well, a year before last in America, I was uh, I did my Heartland tour. Okay? okay, and this is when we just released this album. This album was just getting ready. Oh, excellent! Launched. Okay, right. So I did the tour, and we had this this bunch of girls following us to every gig, right? Which we always do. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful girls, and and they kept asking us to play "Come for Me" because, to be fair, that's a naughty song. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> and. They kept chanting the naughty song, the naughty song, and uh, it just became the naughty song. So now on the CD, you literally, even on iTunes, when you look for "Come for Me," in, in brackets, it's the naughty song, and right. it's because of these fans who actually named it. You know, they they said, "Let's call it the naughty song," and I said, "Okay, let's do it." Yeah, but yeah, but the song in the studio, it's uh, it's a very uh, minimalistic arrangement. It's just three instruments. Right. It's the acoustic guitar, bass, and drums. You know, that's all I'm doing for this entire album. Uh, my albums before, before this, we've had a lot of arrangement, a lot of instrumentation going on, a lot of sampling, a lot of different guitar players coming in, keyboards and all that. But this album specifically, it was just uh, me doing guitars. I had uh, my bass player, Darren Edwards, who came in on bass, and uh, Luke Robinson on drums. And that was it. So we just, of course, I, I wrote these songs uh, and I did a lot of these songs initially 
uh, with my D scale guitar, which is another thing I want to talk about. This album was was written entirely. Uh, I, I like to to place one guitar per album, you know. Right. So there's this. I get this new guitar or an old guitar, and an entire album builds around that guitar because the yeah. songs just come from there. I. It's not necessarily from there, but I like to believe that that guitar gave me those songs. You know? Yeah. So this album came from the D scale ovation that I had. And uh, because it was this new, very unique scale, you know, drop tuned guitar. Yeah. And I'd never written songs on different scales. You know, you always on your standards, standard tuned guitars. So I started experimenting with these drop tunings and uh, I just got these these great songs that came out. Can you, and, um, and, and Jack Johnson was a big influence as well for this album. Oh, was he? Okay. Can he you, was, when yeah. you say um, D uh, scale, are you referring yeah. to Dadgad? Is it D A D G? Not Dadgad. Oh, it just yeah, dropped. I did, I did the, on, it's just basically a D scale is is like a baritone. Gotcha. Right? Okay. But instead right. of being dropped, say five five semitones, this is just dropped two semitones. Right. Right. So it, it's literally when you play C, you're really playing B flat. Yeah. Oh, so you write a song on your standard, like you write a song, say on G. You, you're always strumming, say on, a, on an open chord, but you're actually writing that entire song on F. Yeah. And then when you get into the studio, everything is played on F. Right. Which you usually not write a song in. Yeah. And then the bass player goes, "Oh my God, you've written it in that scale, and that's a lot of weird notes coming in." Yeah. And and. The Solo. When I get into the solo, it goes, oh, wow, I can do this, I can do that, you know, things that you haven't done before. But it's literally the same thing, ex except that on a different chord that you usually not write in. Yeah, that's it's and such that, a great, And that helped me. That, yeah. Yeah, it's a great technique because um, I'm a big fan of, uh, for years I've been doing alternate tuning, and I always like you know, counsel other songwriters that if you're stuck, man, start just try alternate tuning because yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. like, you don't even know how to play the guitar anymore, which is a wonderful yeah. place to be because it's like everything's yeah. new and sounds different and fresh yeah. and like, what is this chord? I don't even know what this is, but I'm going <laughs> to, it sounds awesome, you know? <laughs> and it, and it's the, like my first album, you know, when, when, when I did my first album, everything was new. You know, yeah. I was in the studio, my bedroom studio, the first time I've, I started recording stuff and I'm going, oh, I can do this and I can do that. But now if I went to do the same thing, I'd be like, you can't do that because it's not allowed. Right, you know? right. But then you did initially, you didn't know it wasn't allowed and, and beautiful things came out of it. Yeah, it's always amazing. Hey, let's play another one, Oliver. This one is Walk Up and Kiss You.
kiss you another one where the ladies are chasing you you, you know running it down the street after the bus right where are they, where are they going come on let us in <laughs> so so great song love the instrumentation to your point earlier like you you seem to you were talking about you wanted to be like more stripped down and get to the core of your music and i, and I can see where it just comes to life because sometimes we layer stuff and it's like yeah it's kind of like you know we're layering things and yeah it sounds good but we kind of like yeah. when you peel back the layers of the onion you get to the juice you know it's ex it's it, for this album what i wanted to do was usually every time i wrote a song it sounded great to me and then we went in the studio produced it did all these things and it's completely different yeah. from what i wrote this time around i said i'd like to kind of put it on cd exactly how i imagine the song you know and yeah i think to a to a certain limit i i kind of managed to do that to a to a limit yeah yeah tell me about um your favorite um instrumentation as far as playing out do you have several different ones or do you have a favorite that you go to three piece four piece you know tell me about your live uh situation What's yeah my life situation is now a three piece is and it? it's been a three piece uh for several years now even when so good my my album before this one yeah was released that got nominated for the mtv europe music awards and all of that uh the instrumentation was three piece except that when we went to the studio it wasn't three piece anymore yeah you know? so that's what i changed for this album right but live i have always been a three piece well not always but since say 2008 I've been a three-piece band, you know. Yeah. So I do guitars and vocals. I do solos, guitar, lead and rhythm, and I've got a bass player and a drummer. And I think this just brings out the best from every musician in the band because you just you have to do more, yeah, to kind of fill out your parts. Right, you know? right. Just and if you're crap, people can hear your crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a three, 
you can't hide it, you know. So so doing a three piece and sounding great, you just feel, you know what, I'm freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> and you have the space too, like with, with that, you know, yeah. stripped down version you have the allowable space to feature like the chops and everybody right. has you know which is just great and a little easier to travel too it's like hey there's only three of us man very easy to travel, yeah. <laughs> you know communication is good hey how about um uh production in the studio do you have um do you use different producers on different albums um do you self-produce well, what is your what is your um i've always been self-produced in terms of the main the the, the last say is always mine right right as it should <laughs> so I'm a be bit, i'm a bit of a you know dictator in the studio for that yeah but but i'm very open-minded i let my musicians put in their you know their suggestions uh, i work with great engineers yeah who kind of come in like co-producers in a way they are you know? they're so because they suggest things and and they're great co-producers do engineers do so much for you you don't realize yeah uh, that they actually are kind of like producers in a way. You know? They are. And, and of course, yeah. And, and my mother has always been my co-producer. Oh, really? She's awesome. been my manager for, for years since I was a teenager. Yeah. And I always, in the end, go to, I go, Mom, what do you think about this? <laughs> she goes, you know what, that sounds great. Or, you know what, I don't like that part. And yeah. I consider that being my co-producer. You know? Yeah. Which is and it's always worked for me. <laughs> now, so your mom's knee deep in the entertainment business. Is she um, exclusively your your only? You know, are you, is that her only gig? Your career, or does she she do other uh, artists? Look, well, well, it was for several years. Uh, she was mine. Was her only only gig, right? But uh, once my record label kind of grew bigger, um, right? She's handling a lot of uh, our tours and, and management division and all of that so yeah because she she was a, a fortune 500 executive you know right so she worked for xerox for several years so she's got this very very good business bay right that she can really support our artists in a very professional way right and uh, and that's really helped me and it's helped a lot of our artists who signed to our label as well that's fabulous yeah because i you know like you said earlier marketing is a, yeah. is something you're interested in and i could tell i mean you know we only met ver only like a week ago and here you're on the show yes. already and that's you know and that's what I, I always admire because the best artists always do that they respond right away they jump on things you know whether it's opportunity or whatever it is and uh, just very professional in in their uh, the yeah. care of their artistry you know because that's an important yeah. part of it yeah. you know so what do you what are you are you, um, gotta do it gotta do it as, as your priority in life yeah your, your if you if you keep it as a hobby it will be treated as a hobby. Exactly, exactly. Hey, Oliver, tell me about your aspirations for 2019. Now, I'm really excited about your new album, Heartland, coming out. Because, hey, listen, I didn't even congratulate you on Devil in Blue Jeans, man, which we're going to play, that, which is your current album. So congratulations <laughs> yeah, yeah. on that. Um, really, Thank you. really great. So um, what is the plan? You, you're gathering songs for, um, yes. uh, for uh, Heartland? I, I'm working on a lot of uh, working on a lot of new music, of yeah. course. But I'm also releasing a, a very special song end of this month. It's it's just a single, right? Uh, it was an older song that I had made. I'd released it, and then we took it off because I wasn't completely happy with the sound. And this is world beat to the core, right. you know, because I'm kind of going back to what I like it was all about, you know, where we had those tablas coming in into. A very kind of acoustic rock song yeah but this one is um, a constant beat 
a, a background of these Indian tablas. Right. But at the same time, there's this funk groove going on. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, and, uh, and the song is not a love song or not a song about getting hot girls or whatever, which I usually write about. I yeah. won't lie. <laughs> well, well, of course, you have to. It's almost the law, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is more about... Uh, it's it's kind of a serious song in a way. Right? If you're talking about, are we doing that? You know, time, love, and happiness. We got to share to, uh, share some happiness, share some share some tenderness. You know, uh, I don't want to hurt you, but I can't help myself from doing that. You know, some of those lyrics are so. And there's a little secret, and it's time, love, tenderness. So time, love, happiness. Right. So I'm writing. The, I've written this song, and the, the instrumentation's done. The song's ready, and. Uh, Right now, as we speak, today, I'm in the studio editing the music video for oh, that right. song. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, and so I'm going to release it on tour because I'm going to be on my WOA International Music Festival and tour uh, on the 1st of February to the 7th of Feb. Uh, this is in India, in Goa. And it's supported by major major networks and all of that. So this, uh, this song and video will be released then to make a buzz of that, you see. So that's awesome. the first thing I'm doing. For 2019, you couldn't have you couldn't have stayed up all night to have it ready for the Dharmic Evolution today and finish it. Probably. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to I catch you on. I was up like till three in the three in the morning, going yeah. shifting through all those uh, all the footage that we had. It was crazy. yeah. Is yeah. it video like that though? Like you start on it and it's like, what happened? Five hours just yeah. went by, and I like I haven't gotten <laughs> I up from you know. Yeah. You get trapped. In, do you use Final Cut or what do you use for your vid for your video? I use Final Cut Pro. Yeah, yeah me too. And, it's it's pretty amazing. We make we make a lot of music videos for for VH1 and stuff. So yeah. So we do have the Mac Pros and the high end systems because right. Uh, I I started off editing my videos on on a little MacBook Pro. You know? Yeah. And it's from there. It's amazing and, what uh, you can do now, you know. And but it's absolutely. but but as an artist, it's hard to hand that off. I've tried to hand off my video work to other people, and it's like it's yeah. in your mind. You know, you can't yeah. you can't translate that. You have to do a lot of this yourself, you know, to make it absolutely artistic. Absolutely. You know? Hey, uh, I think I think we got to play another one. What do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this one. This is one the title track for your album. So, folks, here it is: "Devil in Blue Jeans." <laughs>
that was killer, man. That was killer. Just love that. Love that. So what is what is that? You got such an amazing tone, and I can hear that semi-hollow body grunge, that bluesy yeah. rock sound. Like, was Stevie Ray Vaughan in part of this thing or something? It was just got oh, a great man. tone, man. Great all tone. My, all my influences, all my, all my blues influences were pushed in that very simple song yeah but great great. just a fun track you know just a fun track but i've also tried to add my little funk thing in the middle a little fusion thing with with the bass and the drums right and and guitar solo but i've used i've used several guitars on this yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about gear not to put you know anybody who's not into this but a lot of musicians listen so tell us about your rig and your setup what are you what are you using right now oh if you see my guitar collection, it's a bit crazy. Okay. My entire top section of my house is full of guitars. Right, right. <laughs> like, and my studio is quite small, so I can't really store all the guitars here. But yeah, uh, on, on Devil and Blue Jeans, for example, I use my, my Gretsch, okay, to get that hollow body rock and roll sound. Right. Uh, I use the Les Paul. I, I have a 2016 uh, uh, standard Les Paul, which is fantastic. Um, used a Fender for certain parts, <laughs> but live I have a, a very different setup for live. I use a Taylor T5Z, which is kind of a guitar that gives you almost every tone you want. So it, it can sound like a Telecaster. It can sound like a like a jazz hollow body, a three three five, or it can sound like a, you know a Les Paul or a Fender. You know, so it's got all these different sounds with just a little five five different position switch so i try and use that a lot live because it saves me from carrying five guitars yeah (laughs) right right that you got to be pragmatic when you're out playing you know it's like yeah dealing with my favorite my favorite guitar for 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 solos and stuff is a 335 is it okay 335 yeah and recently i bought myself a yamaha sa2200 which is just a, a better version of a 335 a lot of musicians guitar players are going to go oh, you can't say that but yeah seriously this guitar is like a, a three i think they call them three four fives or something like that which is a just better made or rather a lot of extra stuff put onto it right but that yamaha is just a beautiful guitar you just yeah. your fingers just fly through that guitar and i i take that to all my shows and right. every time I get a chance to change the guitar, I'll pick that up and do like devil and blue jeans on it or something like that. Right. <laughs> so I right. can really mess around with my solos. It's all about the feel and the sound, man. That's what that's yeah. what it all comes down to. Hey, and um, I use a camera now. You know, I've I've sold all my I've sold all my amps and I bought that little thing. Now what is that? <laughs> that is the Kemper Profile. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yes. So this is literally the world's best amplifiers that you can profile. And put in there, right? And then I use, I use a Yamaha uh, stereo cab, and I use and and I used to collect amplifiers, yeah. You know? And just recently, I sold so many of them, yeah, because I needed the space, and I got the the Kemper Profiler, and I was like, that's it, I yeah. don't need any more amps. I've got my amp that I can go to for everything now. <laughs> and your and your shoulders are healthy now, right? From lugging healthy that now. <laughs> oh my God, tell me about it. <laughs> Lugging that stuff around is like crazy. Hey, um, tell me a little bit about social media. Um, just, just like, what are your favorite, you know, go-to platforms um, on social? I know, you know, you're on Facebook and and all that. You an Instagram yeah. guy too, or like? Well, yeah, actually, uh-huh. now I've gotten more into Instagram. You know, yeah. because uh, I think all the all the youngsters are now more on Instagram rather than Facebook. Yes. And 
But the thing is, you can't get away from Facebook. No, it's, it's, <laughs> you know? it's impossible. No matter what you do, yeah. you have to have a, a, a strong Facebook profile. It's kind of like email. You can't go through life without an email account. That's true. And I think Facebook is that now. It's having that, it's kind of like a base that you have to have. Yeah. You know, but I love Instagram. I spend a lot of time on Instagram and I'm getting a lot of uh, following and support now on Instagram, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, but as a musician, you can't really focus on one and, and, and forget about the other. You just, right. I know it's tough and it takes a lot of time, but you just have to push, you know. Yeah. Do the Facebook, do the Instagram, do the Twitter, do the YouTube, do the SoundCloud. Yeah. And now, of course, more than anything, do Spotify. It's yeah. so, so important. Yeah, streaming and, and is big. Yeah. recently, Walk Up and Kiss You did so well on Spotify, you know, and it hit iTunes number one in Turkey and Mexico and all of that. Oh, really? And, that's fantastic, yeah. man. Congratulations. That's really amazing. For an independent artist, that's like freaking amazing. Yeah, you know? that is. That is. And it's, it's, it's just a testament to what you just said is what you can do on your own, you know, even, I mean, having a record company is necessary too, but but you can do a lot from your own studio, yeah. like with a with a laptop or an iPhone or whatever you're using. And your right fans, now. you yeah. know, that's that's what social media is, is for. You promote it so much to them, yeah. And and all of a sudden, you're hitting the charts on iTunes because that is purely based on what the fans want. Yeah. So if the fans download your songs, you're gonna hit the charts, you know, yeah. on, on these kinds of platforms, or you're gonna make these playlists because people want to hear your song all the time. And the record labels come to shit about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? right. That's they very can, true. They can try to put you down, but your fans will get you up there. That's true. Then <laughs> that's what you need. They're the ones who are supporting you. So, hey, I think it's time to play your video. Hey, here it is. Oh, awesome. New York, baby. <laughs> here we go. Every word of the songs that I say Smiles at me as she catches me staring Looking at your pretty She could change everything Well all my walls are breaking Voluntarily As I sing for her in New York City And remove every breath Every word that you say Whoa, whoa, oh, I'm coming home whoa, whoa, oh, I want you in the front row of my life now, baby whoa, whoa, oh, I said, whoa, whoa, oh, New York New York Singing every word I've ever written Oh, 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 oh,
Megan Becker, Alan Michonne, PM, all weather, tough leather, we hot, woke better, dig a little bit, dig it, hey, whatever, they rap it, rap it, rap it, we'll be here for the sticker, they selling, 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 all they souls to the demon, thinking they achieve it, riches from beyond, successful, you make it, we made it all along. Love that video, man. Hey, uh, tell us about your experience in New York. I'm, I'm sure you've been there more than once, oh, but uh, yeah, well, you know, spent a lot of time in New York. I, yeah, I, I've I've done like three or four tours where New York's been the main place that I've been to. Yeah, even when I did my Heartland tour, in the end, I actually flew to New York to do a gig there just before I got back to England. You know, so, right. so it, it's fantastic. And and this video is a testament to to how much that that city has influenced me. Yeah. yeah. Growing up, it's always I've always wanted to 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 be there or to go to New York and and spend time there, and uh, this video kind of shows. Uh, it, it's actually talking about the city. It's not talking about a woman. It's talking about the city in a way. Right. You know, it's a favor of the city. Yeah. And um, oh, by the way, recently the the video won uh, gold at the in- International Independent Film Awards. Congratulations, man! That's thank killer. you very much. That's killer. Yeah, that was, yeah. I got keep an eye on you yeah, next time you're in the city, man. I got we got to go out for a beer, and I got to go come oh, see your show, man. That'd absolutely. be awesome. Cafe Wa. That's Ca- where I've played a lot. Cafe Wa in the village. Oh, okay, awesome. The village is crazy. It's just a great yeah. place. <laughs> what a vibe! It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So next time I'm there, James, we got to go jam at Cafe Wa. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. I would love it. I would love it. That's that's fantastic. So you got a big year coming up here with 2019 and this new um, Heartland album coming out. So what else? And also, I wanted to touch on before I get away. There's a lot of things I want to cover, but let me cover this about film. Like you're into film and into film production. So yes. tell tell me about like your experiences and your your passions moving forward to delve into this more. Well, uh, when I say film production, uh, my my company now does a lot of music video production. Okay. And and we work uh, closely with. Uh, with, with Viacom, you know, with VH1, MTV, and stuff like that. So a lot of the independent artists that work with us, uh, who come on tour with us, because we organize these major tours, uh, they always want to make a music video with us, you know, because uh, maybe they like my eye or what I do with it. It, it kind of worked out with my videos. But I used to just be in front of the camera, you know, and, and giving my ideas about it. And then soon after that, I became a producer for these music videos. And then after that, I was, I was a director. And then I became a cinematographer, you know, but it's, it's, this is what it is when you're in that field yeah. and then you just slowly just get part of it and you start learning more and more about it and experience counts for so much. You can go to school, but nothing beats experience when it comes yeah. to film or music, you know? So yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just worked out really good. And uh, I'm winning these little awards, like, you know, best music video at uh, an international independent film award or something like that, getting it on VH1 top 10 or MTV EMA. And this has boosted the confidence, you know, thinking, you know, I'm probably doing something right. You know, they, they yeah. like the way I'm, I'm, I'm making a music video. And so I'm hoping I'll, I'll have enough confidence to maybe make a short film soon. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a natural progression though, because 
you know, yeah. visuals fit into our world of music so easily and so readily, you know, and it's, they're almost like necessary. And I always say it's like, you, you can't go and see a James Bond film without the hit song. It's like the music yeah, and the films yeah. are like, they go <laughs> hand fantastic. in hand, man. It's like salt and pepper. Come on, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, tell me about your favorite place to play as far as venues. Like, where do you like really, you know, feel like you're most connected to an audience? Is it, is it really bigger places, smaller, intimate places? You know, where are you most comfortable on stage? I've been lucky enough to do massive concerts, you know? Like one of the... the but through through my twenties, I was doing huge stages and festivals and and film festivals, you know, performing for for closing ceremonies and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I remember doing one where I headlined the closing ceremony uh, with forty thousand people. Wow. And they were all there, and they knew my songs. You know, this yeah. was in in Gulf, the international uh, India Indian Film Festival or something like that. It was massive, and I connected. As if I was in a coffee shop with ten people. Yeah, you know? that's how I connected with these people, and there were forty thousand people jumping to what I was saying, telling them to do, and it was beautiful. Yeah. And and then I've done a gig for say charity for Oxfam, where there were maybe twenty people in the audience, real close knit, and talking, storytelling, and singing your songs and explaining what the song's about, and it was a similar connection. So I can't really say if. I connect better big or better small. It's just the right kind of fans need to be there. You know, yeah. you just need to be able to connect with whoever is there. Yeah, it's and, it's all about the intimacy, itself. right? It's about the intimacy. I yeah. remember doing a tour in, in the UK in 2012 and we did a show in Edinburgh in Scotland. I was invited to play at a place called Bannerman. Unfortunately, it was a Monday, okay, a Monday night and so it was the end of the tour, the last leg of the tour. So we did all those major venues and whatever, and then ended up in Bannerman's beautiful venue. And it was just me and the opening band and our girlfriends and whatever. That, that was it. There was nobody there because it was a Monday night. And yeah. they hadn't promoted the show that well. And I went on stage solo without my band. I was just alone doing my thing you know, with the guitar and backing tracks. And I, and I did a show as if it, it was a packed club. Yeah. When I went back down, the, the the opening act, they came over to me and they said, you know what? This is how we want to play. Whether there's one person in the crowd or 100,000 people there, you give your best and you play. You're so happy to perform. And I think that's 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 the key to success, you know. Yeah. Enjoying what you do, no matter who the hell is there. Just yeah. do your thing. You know? You've got the winning formula, my friend. Hey, um, <laughs> we're at the end already. Oliver, this went way, way too fast. Um, and I just want to ask you to um, give any parting words um, to, as, as I said earlier, there's a lot of um, musicians out there of all yeah. different um, calibers, some who are starting out, um, some who are seasoned veterans. Um, yeah. Any parting words that you can give um, just as a, as a sign-off, a send-off, um, for those around the world um, looking at a, a career like yours that you've built and, and, and worked extremely hard, is there anything that you want to just share and say with them as we, as we part ways here? It's a tough industry, absolutely. Everybody knows that. But the, the, the key is to, to stay positive, you know. And if, if someone rejects your music, like a radio station or a manager or an agent, it's that person's problem. He's the loser or she's the loser, not you. Because 
that should make you go and do more and, and show those people what they missed out on. So have that kind of an attitude, you know, because if you get dejected with every little guy out there telling you, oh, I don't like your stuff or whatever, uh, that's not going to work for you. And right. it's, it's, it's not a good way to, to be a musician right now. You got to be tough and you got to believe in yourself more than anything and surround yourself with people who believe in you, like James, who's who believes in my music, you know, surround yourself with people like like you, you know, and that's what will give you. Uh, the boost to go on and keep doing what you're doing because there are people out there who love what you're doing and that's the reason you're doing it yeah you keep doing that yeah stay away from negativity yeah, yeah i hear you hey um give us also um i'll have all of your your links for all your socials in the show notes but favorite spot that you could just shout out for people to connect to you oliver oh, instagram.com forward slash oliver sean boom okay brother <laughs> Listen, it was an honor, a pleasure, man. I'm so happy that, that we met and I got a chance to um, to learn all about your music, your stories, your path, and you're doing a lot of wonderful things. And I, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. So, my friend, all good blessings and, uh, and uh, wishes to you and your family and your mom. Give her my best because she did a fabulous job raising you, my friend. <laughs> thank you, James. And, and by the way, I love the name Dharmic Evolution. Fantastic, man. Thanks, awesome man. <laughs> Peace and love. And stay in touch. We got to stay in touch, okay? Will do. Will do. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Come from me. Walk up and kiss you. Devil in blue jeans. End the video. New York. These are the songs and the stories of Oliver Sean. Please follow Oliver on all of his socials, support his music, and thanks for supporting our 2019 highlight reel number one. Got many more to go. We're going to do a, quite a few more this month. And if you haven't gone to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, please go over there. You can support artists from around the world. If you dig indie music, that's the place to be. Also, we have authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Um, a lot of great books out there, a lot of speaking engagements, um, people who have talent. Um, I'm just looking for anybody who feels the need to support those who are doing these type of things and we appreciate you and if you haven't subscribed yet to the dharmic evolution please do so that's a wrap for me today i'm your host for the dharmic evolution james kevin o'connor singer songwriter audio video artist master storyteller and international talent agent so until the next time when we meet again i'll either see you on the socials or i see you from the stage <laughs>